new information about operating into busy ski country airports in Colorado. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. Even as COVID-19 continues to throw a wrench into travel plans for many this holiday season, flight activity has already started picking up at several airports near such popular Colorado ski destinations as Telluride, Steamboat Springs, and Aspen. Winter is always a busy time to operate into these airports, and delays and holds aren't uncommon. But some relief is on the way, as Paul Diffenderfer, aviation systems engineer for MITRE, tells us. MITRE has been working under FAA funding to develop some tools that will assist pilots in uh, being more aware of how busy an airport will be looking into the future in the next few hours, even a day or two in advance. That tool that we've created uh, is called PACER, and the URL is pacer.aero, A-E-R-O. And pilots can go to that site and use the app. It's actually a web-based application. And look at how busy airports will be in the ski country. Starting December 15th, we'll have the eight airports in that area that are considered part of the ski country airports, Aspen being the busiest of those. And they'll see a bar chart on the uh, PACER application that lets them see, for example, in 15-minute increments, how many arrivals are scheduled, how many departures are scheduled, and they can scroll out into the future and see what the day looks like. And Paul, I see those eight airports are Aspen, Eagle, and Grand Junction, those are all towered fields, as well as non-towered airports in Gunnison, Yampa Valley, Montrose, Rifle, and Telluride. As many know, these airports, most of them are kind of one in, one out. I used to be a controller. That was a term we used, one in, one out. And so there's a tremendous dependence between arrivals and departures. So that's why we're redesigning Pacer just a little bit in the release that comes out around December 15th to show arrivals and departures, as well as the the called capacity of the airport. And the weather conditions change rapidly. So ATC is going to attempt to keep that capacity line reflective of what the current capacity is at the airport based upon the conditions. So it'll be an interesting thing to see the type of information that delivers to pilots. And we'll be asking pilots to give us feedback on the use of PACER, if it helped them make better decisions or (laughs) how they were able to incorporate that into their thinking. So how should business aviation pilots utilize the PACER tool, Paul? One thing that's important is that that information depicted in PACER is based upon actual data that's available. Our primary source of that data is some of the FAA systems like ERAM, where flight plans are filed, and the traffic flow management system, where airlines and some operators provide updated intent and departure times. But for a lot of the general aviation and business aviation community, there's no way for them to really actively update their plans. Say there's some delay due to passengers showing up later or earlier, you know, some change in plans. So PACER also allows a pilot to submit updated what we call departure intent so that the bar charts will be more accurate with input from flight crews that will actually be operating in and out of those airports. I just want to emphasize that the PACER app is not a reservation system. It's not any kind of slot assignment tool. It's really just a situation awareness tool for pilots. So they should consider it as such. And the data in that The more people that participate, the more accurate it will be in depicting the actual arrival and demand for those airports. Also in time for ski season, there's a new requirement for those flying in to the Aspen-Pitkin County Airport. Here to tell us more about that is Christy Ivey, NBAA's Northern Mountain Regional Representative. Thanks, Rob. Yes, here's what we know so far. 
During a recent joint meeting with the Aspen City Council and the Pitkin County Commissioners, the rollout of the Pitkin County Traveler Affidavit requirement was announced to, quote, protect our community this winter due to an influx of seasonal tourists. Effective December 14, 2020, all travelers coming to Pitkin County must complete an online affidavit prior to arrival. Travelers must receive a negative COVID-19 result within 72 hours of arrival and have been symptom-free for 10 days prior to travel. On December 11th, on an update call with the county manager, airport officials, and transportation stakeholders, some clarification was provided, including an exemption for flight crews. Here are some of the program details, which can be found at covid19.pitkincounty.com. And I'm going to read these so I hit all the pertinent information for our listeners. All travelers staying at least one night in Pitkin County who do not meet an exemption are required to complete the traveler affidavit prior to arrival, which includes a negative COVID-19 test result for any person's 10 and above that has been administered within up to 72 hours prior to your arrival to Pitkin County. You must be symptom-free for 10 days prior to your travel quarantine for 10 days if you have not completed a test, if your COVID-19 test result has not been received prior to arrival, travelers must quarantine until they receive a negative test result. And failure to comply is a violation of the Pitkin County Public Health Order and may result in a $5,000 fine. The exemptions listed include persons commuting for work or school, And this one is new since the initial rollout, workers providing critical infrastructure services. This does include flight crews, but not passengers. Workers who enter Pitkin County to perform critical infrastructure functions as defined by the CDC are exempt from quarantine and excluded from needing a negative test within 72 hours of arriving in Pitkin County while they are commuting to or from or while at work. Here is an additional clarification listed in the FAQs. The question is, are flight crews required to complete the affidavit? And then it says, per CDC definition of critical infrastructure, the transportation sector is one of the critical infrastructure industries. Flight crews are included in the transportation sector. Any guests that are not part of the flight crew are still required to adhere to the traveler affidavit requirement. Also exempted are patients seeking or receiving medical treatment and military personnel. I do want to note that there is currently no exemption noted for vaccinations at this point as that is still in flux. The county will update the website guidance as info comes in from the CDC on that. We understand the FBO will be handing out information on the affidavit requirement to all arrivals starting December 14th, and rental car companies and hotels will also have this information. The county has indicated that they will make sure hotels are aware of the flight crew exemption. Please stay tuned as we at NBA will also continue to update our members on NBA social media platforms as new information comes in. Coming up, we'll discuss what else you need to know about operating into these airports during the upcoming winter season. But first, a word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, you get your weekly news here. Are you getting the latest daily headlines? The NBAA Insider Daily News Service puts the news you need in your hands every weekday morning, free of charge. Don't miss out. Subscribe today at nbaa.org daily. We're back now with Christy Ivey and Paul Diffenderfer and our discussion about operating into Colorado's mountainous ski country airports. I'd also like to welcome into our conversation Dean Snell, manager at NBAA Air Traffic Services. Dean, I have a bit of experience with Rocky Mountain winters, and even in the best conditions, it can be challenging flying into these airports. 
Yes, Rob, you know, we, we see historically it always comes back to demand into these airports versus capacity due to the mountainous terrain and the weather. So there are no slot requirements at Aspen and or Eagle and um, the majority of the other Colorado ski country airports, which is a good thing. We know the old e-stomp program was extremely inefficient and it did not deliver aircraft in uh, in an efficient manner. So what we're seeing is as these airports fill up, ground stops becoming necessary if and when we see ramp space at the FBOs fill up. And that can happen very quickly and it can happen as aircraft are already in the air destined to those airports. And then Of course, the only option the FAA has is uh, airborne holding. So that's when we start seeing diversions. So we always suggest that flight operators have in their back pocket a diversion plan for another airport because they'll have to get departures out before they can get more arrivals in. And that's not always known when that'll happen. Because when the ground delay program is implemented, the delays can get quite lengthy. And that's without the additional challenges we face in the COVID environment that continues to affect airports and ATC facilities. Definitely. It's definitely thrown a curveball at us on top of what we know will be volume constraints. The way the FAA is managing this COVID event is at many facilities, uh, controllers have been segregated into groups to minimize the effect of a controller having a COVID positive test. So for example, if someone from group A has a positive, then group B or C uh, have already been segregated from the other group. So you you don't have the contact tracing issues that you would have. So those other groups are protected. And then on top of that, a facility, what they call a level three cleaning is required. And that's when we see the ATC alerts and or the ATC zero events occur. They try to do these cleanings during overnight hours or not during peak times, but that's not always possible. So we're we're seeing it at all FAA facilities from centers to tracons to towers. And and how each one is is managed is a little bit different. We've seen several tracons in towers across the country lose enough controllers, either due to COVID-positive tests or contact tracing that they have limited services during the day. That is not the case at this time at ski country, and we're hoping to keep it that way, but that's always a possibility. Christy, what feedback have you received from pilots and FBOs in your region as we face what looks to be a very interesting winter flying season ahead? I think what Dean said earlier is something that's prevalent across what I hear from flight crews is always have a backup plan. And then with tools like PACER, having the situational awareness and participating in in those types of things is very important. I did a little crowdsourcing from some of my flight crews that are utilizing these ski country airports. And and some of the feedback I received, uh, ski country airports such as Bozeman, present some definite challenges for flight crews, rapidly changing weather, mountainous terrain, wet and contaminated runways, and swamped FBOs, only to name a a few. I think some of the flight crews are wondering during COVID what it's going to look like since we really have not been tested yet in these high traffic areas. And especially as Dean was talking about the high volume days, it's going to be interesting to see what those look like during COVID and especially in Aspen with this affidavit requirement. I think flight crews suggest a plan early, both on the customer service side and the operations side. The more details that can be provided early, the better. 
it's also important that the flight crew and the charter company and the flight operations team have realistic discussions with the passengers regarding their itineraries. Mountainous airports represent some of the most difficult flying they do as corporate pilots, and the passengers need to know under no circumstances will their safety nor the safety of the flight crew or the aircraft be compromised to meet their schedule. And most likely prudent passengers will respect this. So I think that, like we said earlier, just having a backup plan, really doing your homework ahead of time into these key country airports is going to be crucial. Always a good idea to plan ahead. Paul, I think it should be emphasized that PACER is just one example of MITRE's work to make flying safer and more efficient. Yes, MITRE has always looked at ways, for example, that data that's available can be used uh, and transformed into more meaningful information for flight crews and for flight operators. And so we've explored that. And that, that was the beginnings of PACER, if you will, and a tool like that. Like, how can we take data that is within the FA systems and transform it into something meaningful for flight crews and pilots to look at? to help with their operations and help with decisions they're making. We started with that idea in Las Vegas, working with air traffic control in Las Vegas. And as many know, in Las Vegas, there are big events that occur and you have a high GA demand, maybe after a sporting event or something like that. And the concept was that Las Vegas was looking at is if we give pilots information about periods of uh, less busy demand, Will they voluntarily, if their customers allow, move to less busy periods and thereby kind of smooth out the demand? And we saw some evidence that that occurs, but we know that many flight operators, you know, when the customers say we're going, they're going. But even in that case, it gives them a greater awareness of the potential for delay they might encounter when they actually depart. Dean, how can NBAA Air Traffic Services help business aviation pilots navigate the upcoming winter season? And are there any other resources you'd like to highlight as well? Yes, there are many. And we at Air Traffic Services uh, have a presence at the FAA ATC Command Center in Warrington, Virginia. So we're monitoring the events as they happen seven days a week at the command center. And we are sending quite a few of the high impact events out to our uh, airports and airspace alert airmail, of course, via our airmail system. And many NBA members are already subscribers to the airspace and airports alerts subscription list. If you're not, that's something you can do on the nbaa.org webpage with the airmail tab. And it's, it's a, a great resource that we send out high impact events. We also have a subscription service that we provide for companies that are ATS subscribers that goes into more detail and provides flight-specific assistance. The FAA has excellent resources on their fly.faa.gov webpage. On that main homepage, you'll see a products tab at the top. And a few of the tools I'll highlight that are really good is specific to ski country One of them is the current reroutes page in the products tab, and that will tell you if ski country route requirements are in place. Those are structured routes that are put into place to handle the demand associated with the mountain airports and the high terrain and keeping everything orderly and efficient. Another great tool is the Operational Information System, or OIS, which is a snapshot of FAA initiatives in place 
That is where you'd be able to see if there is a ground delay program for Aspen and Eagle or any other airports during the holidays with, with high demand where they need to implement a ground delay program. Ground stops would also show on that OIF webpage. So I would suggest flight operators go to that fly.fa.gov webpage, take a look at the products that are available and see what's valuable for them. The NBAA is extremely optimistic, this PACER tool and and how it's used, especially for ski country airports, special events, airports that see special events like Las Vegas, because what it really is and what we're hoping for is that high-level situational awareness tool where it's not a, a slot program that folks are locked into, but it provides the pilots and the flight crew who can then let their passengers know a very good snapshot of exactly how much demand they're looking at and what the airport can typically handle during that given hour, both on the arrival and the departure side. Because quite often we'll tell our flight operators, look, you know, expect delays, there's going to be a lot of traffic, but they never really know exactly how much. And this tool will give them that snapshot of exactly how much demand there is So the delays then become realistic when you compare that demand versus the capacity. So we encourage flight operators to participate and enter that data as their flight times change. So it becomes a very reliable data set for all flight operators to use. Again, you can access the PACER resource at pacer.aero. Learn more about NBAA Air Traffic Services at nbaa.org forward slash ATS. And you can email Christy Ivey about the new Aspen Affidavit Program and any other questions about operating throughout the Northern Mountain Region at kivey at nbaa.org. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next week for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.